You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I am Michael from Arizona, and with me always are my good friends, Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. Right on. How goes it today? It's hot. I know, it is hot. Hot, 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 hot. It's, it's hot. Too. Summer is here. I know, right? You, you want to know something surprising? I was in Dallas just recently over the weekend, and uh, I thought it was pretty warm. <laughs> Actually, I was like, wow, it's really hot here. And then I showed up back in Arizona, and you guys aren't hot down there. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this oven. I uh, just walked out of the airport. You know, it's a wet mm-hmm. hot here. Yeah, yeah the, humidity, wet the hot. humidity is the part that gets you, oh, yeah. honestly. Yeah. It's uh-huh. a dry heat here. I mean, you guys always say it's a dry heat. It yeah, it's a dry heat there, but it's a wet yeah, hot it is here. Wet hot there. So, well, this week's podcast is pretty exciting. We get uh, a couple of uh, exciting things to talk about: news, media. Um, actually, Mike has uh, a couple of things at his club. Your uh, your club won an award, I think. Well, well, yep. We have become a. I think it's a gold leader. Gold Chapter. Leader AMA yep, Club? Yep, Gold, gold Leader Club. Chapter, yep. right. Yep. It's a Gold Leader and, Club. Uh, there's some, uh, I, I looked at some of the, I mean, uh, we were talking about the hurdles, mm-hmm. uh, what you have to go through to get that a little bit, and I, I was surprised at some of them. I was like, wow, oh, okay, that one's not easy. And I think we did a pretty, you know, I'm really impressed with what the club did and um, and all the effort they put into to make that happen because it, it, it really isn't easy. And a lot of guys came together. Right. I know there was people coming and going in in, uh, in the upper management as well while they were doing all that stuff, and so it was, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm happy to be a member right. of this club. So once again, Mike, what, what's your what's the your club? Who who are you guys in Dallas? There, R R C C. R C C. Okay. Well, congratulations. R R C C. Yeah, Ra- Richardson Radio Control Club or something like that. I, you know, it's just an acronym to me. I, I didn't le- learn the name after you, le- after you learn, learn the RRCC. What do you need the name for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So, how many guys do you have in, in that particular club? About do you do you have any idea? She's. I think it's in upper one fifty, maybe. Yeah, I I remember hearing numbers at one point two hundred. Wow, uh, it's a it's a reasonably sized club. Yeah, it's double. Um, that's almost double uh, the size I, of our club. But up, I, up in the, uh, yeah, but that's not. A, you know, don't quote me on that because I don't. Sure. I'm not part of the. I don't. I don't uh, keep track of that stuff. Uh, amazing. The secretary. There does, you probably. go. Probably. <laughs> well, if you're interested in uh, becoming a uh, a gold, actually have a bronze, a silver, or a gold leader club, uh, the application is on modelaircraft.org. Uh, there are some things that uh, are required for your uh, club to do. I think there's six things that are posted, and then uh, some electives. Uh, that they have to do as well. And if they may meet all the goals and all the electives, that, that's what it takes to be a gold um, leader club. So uh, I don't know if you want me to go through. Some yeah, of these I'll, are pretty I'll, amazing. I'll see, what I can do to maybe get, I'll see what I can do to maybe get the president to come on and talk with yeah. us a little bit about it. And, and you know, maybe he can, he can kind of do a quick overview of what's going on and w- Stuff, stuff we're doing. Yeah, they, uh, they, you know, there is a fit, lot of things, a there. lot of things to do. So uh, there's, th- you know, certain things that uh, you have to be involved in your, you know, um, scholarship programs or model aviation, uh, park pilot magazines, local school libraries, that kind of thing. You have to do uh, a couple of sp- uh, annual events. So you know, I don't know, uh, Doug from uh, out there in North Carolina and his group may be uh, working towards some of this as well because I know that they do a lot of the things that are required. Uh, for that particular, you know, serve, uh, that, that award. So maybe he is. Maybe he's looking for it. Well, you never know. I wouldn't be surprised if they were heading for it. I mean, I, I yeah. you know, having been out to their sure. site and flying with a couple of those guys, uh, they're a great group of guys. Uh, and, you know, if I was in that area, I'd definitely join right. them too. Right, yeah. They do a lot with uh, Meg Smiles, I believe, is the name of their, their um, charity, and they help them out. I just saw something on our yep. Facebook page that yep. – uh, 
showed that they were donating money or doing something with it. So we applaud them and their effort. Yeah. And Mike, congratulations for your club and uh, able to reach that. Yeah, that's uh, great. That's pretty um, amazing that a club can do all of those uh, and that everybody participates. So kudos to you. So, so the other thing, thanks. And so the other thing uh, I want to mention is, uh, and I don't know if this is you know what you'd want to talk about right now, but there's a guy by the name of Rhett Lampert who, and I probably pronounced it, it's probably Lambert. Yeah. Um, uh, he, uh, he went to the Nats and uh, took a couple of first places. Uh, he, I was really <laughs> that's amazing. happy for him. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, no, I was really happy for him. It's like, I, I couldn't do that, so um, uh, it's, that's a good thing. Yeah, so for, uh, for those listeners that uh, are interested, the IMAC, which stands for the International Miniature Aerobatic Club, uh, which is kind of a misnomer because the airplanes they fly are not miniature at all. Miniature at all, right? Yeah, they're, they're like 33, <laughs> is, 40. It's only as big as your know, hand. Right? They're 33%, 40 percenters, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, the miniature has to do with the fact that uh, I'm in the IAC, which is the International Aerobatic Club for lar- for the you know big scale, uh, which is the full-size airplanes. And then they have an IMAC, which is the 30%. So... That's what they mean by the miniature. Uh, it was July 7th through 11th, uh, 2019 in Muncie, Indiana, uh, sponsored by D-Force Aviation and RC Depot. Uh, they are the aerobatic, uh, they're scale aerobatic nationals. They fly a competition series just like uh, I do in the full-scale airplanes. And, um, yeah, it looks like uh, in the advanced program, Red Lambert uh, took first place and uh, did really, really well. Uh, so that's the results for... The 2019 advanced, and then I think he took first place in the freestyle competition. So congratulations to uh, Rhett Lambert. Uh, we applaud him for his uh, participation at the Nationals. And, Mike, I guess that's another reason why you're a, a gold leader club. <laughs> you got cool people that do cool things. That's right. We definitely got cool people. We're going for the uh, here down here at the Win RC field where I fly. <laughs> We're going for the copper class. Uh, so, so Jay, exactly how many members are That's in your right. club? Well, well, in order to get a copper class, you know, uh, you have to have at least five members. Well, we basically have maybe three, <laughs> but you have to have five show up at all at the same time, and, and we can barely get three guys. But together. does a dog count? <laughs> I mean, is it? Is it fair to include the dog? He could. Uh, no, no, you can't. They they have to be bipedal, and uh, <laughs> he's, you know we we have oh, some standards. That's terrible. Uh, also, you you know uh, you have to have at least uh, more than the three members show up, and uh, you know, our, the goals that we have is that you know when they show up in the morning, somebody brings donuts and some coffee. <laughs> some so high level goals there. The AMA must we be have proud. High level, yeah, that's exactly. We're yeah. shooting for the moon. Yeah, I see that. Um, but but. But you really have to point out the great standards that the AMA places on this copper level because, <laughs> uh, you know, without it, uh, Jay's club probably wouldn't have grown to the three members. That is true. Club. That's right. So. That's true. I, I, <laughs> I know that when it went from one member to two, they actually got a, uh, a flag. It was the, the wind sock that went above the field. When they had two members, they had the wind sock. So they are That's moving right. up That's in the right. world. We we applaud you too, Jay. I uh, don't want to make you feel Hey, hey, out yeah, of place. I'm telling you, not only did, did we get a new member, but he's also, you know, he's going through his training phase, and it, we we all met up last week. It was it was actually a good thing. We had a good training day. Excellent. Uh, nobody brought anything home in a garbage bag. So uh, well, you know, to Ed, we applaud you for coming out to the field and and almost quite, you know doubling our our membership. Right. <laughs> well, I w- so so I also want I also want to make sure that Jay gets the appropriate participation award uh, award <laughs> for for participating in um. Uh. Uh, Model RC. Go. So thanks, Jay. You get two thumbs up. That's the best. There you go. All right. <laughs> two thumbs up. <laughs> Thank you, right. gentlemen. We'll post that on the Facebook. Jay's two thumbs up for participation. There you yep. go. That's right. It's all well, good. I will tell you that uh, if you were on our Facebook listeners page, I'm sure you uh, probably saw. Um, this is a safety feature. I want to say at first, uh, kind of get it out of the way because I know there was a couple of people that uh, sent me messages. But uh, our club is uh, here in Phoenix. And, of course, during the summer, we have um, some very – uh, I should say Hot tender, dry weather. Yes, very tender, uh, dry weather. And <clears throat> we had a, a club member who basically ran out, um, with a new EDF, maiden the EDF by himself. And unfortunately, uh, the model did not make it through the maiden and a 6,000 milliamp 
or 5,000 milliamp six cell hit the ground and kind of burst into flames. Uh, it did wind up uh, starting a, um, a wildfire, and it, it was very big, and it was in the news here in Phoenix. So I would caution you uh, once again, you know, make sure that you have your safety plan in place. Luckily for us, the firefighters were on uh, the scene relatively quickly, and they were able to contain it uh, within the same day. Um, a lot of times when fires start like that out here, it takes multiple days and sometimes weeks to uh, get it under control. But a shout-out to the Phoenix Department, uh, Firefighter Department. They did a really good job. Um, as a result, you know, we met with the city and, and kind of explained our dilemma. And uh, the city said, okay, well, we just need to be more careful next time. So please, uh, during the summertime, whether you're flying here in the in the Midwest or in the, you know, the western U.S. or down in Texas, uh, just be cautious of your surrounders, uh, surroundings um, and uh, and just take some precaution. So, Now, you guys had a really wet spring, right? We did, and that's what kind of caused it. Uh, we had a lot of rain in the spring and, therefore, a lot of growth. And, um, you know, it's great when it's raining and it's all green. It's really we- weird to see the desert all green, but we have a lot, you know, big grasses that grow up. But then when summer hits, there's no water. It just gets bone dry, and it, it you know it's basically fuel for any type of spark. So, now I will tell you that uh, where the accident happened uh, was far enough away that we do have fire extinguishers on the field. Uh, it's just that the wind was blowing at a very rapid rate. It was probably in the twenty-five to thirty mile an hour range, uh, and I think that um, that's what acerbated the situation. Otherwise, it would have been pretty local, and he probably could have made it over with his fire extinguisher, but. It, it, uh, the wind caught it and it did blow up, not blow up, but it did get very large, very quickly, uh, which unfortunately, yeah, cause it's kind of weird. The few times I've been out to your field, it's been, you know, we, I've never been out there with as much growth as right. I've seen from the pictures right. that you guys had out there this year. So when you said that there are fires started out there, I was kind of going like started a fire on what rocks? <laughs> what could, yeah. You what would could actually that, burn out but, there. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately it burned about a thousand acres. Uh, which is, you know, pretty substantial. Luckily, there was no, you know, lives or homes or buildings or anything in danger. But I do know that some people had posted on the website, and um, I just kind of wanted to bring everybody up to speed. Uh, The club is well aware of it, and uh, we have put, you know, we didn't put any new rules in place. We just reiterated the safety rules and where the flying should be and having a buddy, you know, that's flying with you. Uh, At the time, he was by himself, fairly new guy. Uh, so, yeah, if you're getting into it, if you're flying in the park, you know, just we need to be aware of that because the right. these this equipment that's getting uh, put out there now, I mean, you know, when you think about it, flying a 5,000 milliamp uh, six-cell battery is, you know, uh, there's a lot of energy stored up in a new, in a, you know, in a freshly charged battery. Uh, if the battery would have been dead, you know, maybe a different story. It wouldn't have had enough. But these things heat up. They They run incredibly hot. And, you know, 6,000 milliamps is a lot of juice. Right. So well, just you know, be careful. I, I, just to having a battle buddy with you. True. You know, going out and just, ah, I'm going to go out and fly. And I've done, I'm guilty of doing that by, you know, myself sure. as well, just going out and going flying by myself. But, you know, it was with a little smaller park flyer. But still, I mean, it's good to bring a, a battle buddy with you. Yeah. Um, AK Mike can attest to this. I mean, we were out there flying, nothing special. There was no, you know, super hot day or chance of a fire where we were but you know we were out there and i had a quad and i was messing you know i was playing with it and you know getting it all figured out and trimmed out and i went to take off the thing wouldn't take off and i think we talked about this in another podcast but i started jiggling wires and just resetting the wires not thinking you know more on my receiver just thinking oh i'll just pull them out make sure they're they're all fitted in well you know and uh when I was doing that, once I lost uh, connection with the board, you know, because it has a control board. Well, the control board saw the loss of signal as, hey, I need to return home. Right. So it, so it react, yeah, yeah, it reactivated in my face, right, right in my face. Right. And I, you know, brought my hand up and I got, you know, almost, you know, almost lost a fingertip. And luckily, you know, AK Mike was out there with me. And, uh, you know, we looked around for my little bit of my fingertip, couldn't find it, but still I, I bled, I bled a little bit and luckily, you know, I was able, able to keep the bleeding under control and it wasn't that, it wasn't that severe in this. I mean, it looked terrible, right? <laughs> you know, at the time I couldn't see myself, but according to Mike, I, I, you know, I looked like I kind of got, was murdering somebody. Right. 
uh, with the blood splatter all over. You know that Monty Python movie where he cuts the guy's yeah, arm off and going, the blood comes yeah, spurting, spurting out. out? It was kind of like that. Yeah, it was kind of like that. But I, I didn't notice it, but he did because he, he didn't look so sure. good. So, uh, <laughs> well, but the point is, yeah, it's point, the point is, is to have is a buddy. That, you know, is that if having him out there, let's just say I did cut an artery or I did cut something severe or right. I was lucky that it hit the brim of my hat and it, or else it would have cut right across my eyes, right. um, but it caught the brim of my hat. So if I had been out there and been seriously injured like that, I, I couldn't have gotten my car and driven back to the hospital or gotten sure. help, sure. you know, and luckily Mike was out there with me, you know, so, you know, he could have taken and people care didn't, of And people weren't really coming by very no, often and it's, and it's, so it's where, we like, fl- yeah. where our flying field was, it was kind of an offset place. Uh, and and yeah. it doesn't get any traffic. There's right, no traffic right. out there at all. So well, our, ours actually so, has a gate so that those, closes. So if anybody needed to get in, they would they wouldn't be able to yeah. get in if they didn't know the code. Right. Uh, so no emergency could get in. Well, the emergency guys already. can get in because so they have their those, own lock. But just a normal person, oh, right. you know, just huh. driving by, right. Got just it. waving to try and get help. So, so, so for those people who are just turning into our podcast for the very mm-hmm. first time, I've I've never crashed a plane. So this has never been an issue for me. Uh, For those of you who have listened to a few podcasts before this, just ignore those previous stories about me crashing planes. This never really happened to me. That's right. Well, speaking of crashing, dude, uh, so you had, once again, you're Mr. Adventure now. So I heard you kind of had a a little crash, but not so much a crash. You just had a controlled landing or, or something. Yeah, that's, I don't think it's fair to characterize it as a crash. Uh, maybe user error, I would say <laughs> that, error. but uh, okay. but it wasn't really a crash because no da- no damage was done to anything, including myself, uh, and it wasn't RC related, so it's not, you know, I don't know if it's fair to talk about it here, <laughs> but uh, well, it's somewhat RC related. On, uh, we talked a, about it last time that the dudes, re- you uh, know, voice control, voice control, yeah. yeah, voice control. So on one of my uh, test flights uh, was. On the climb out, and oh, wait, wait, um, tell, it's your para, your parasailing or paragliding, para, oh, paramotor. paramotor. That's right. Yeah, yeah sorry, it's paramotoring. Yep, uh, it's para, sorry, it's on a, a paramotoring. So it's on the takeoff and on the climb out at full throttle. And the only thing I come up with is I accidentally pressed the kill switch on my throttle. Yeah, that's that's possible. <laughs> so, you know, the good, it, definitely possible. Uh, the good news is I was high enough in the air that I didn't have to recover too quickly, and so I turned back towards the field, and um, my instructor was awesome, and he's, like, really calm, and just said, you know, come towards us, turn around right away, you know, be quick about it, don't fool around, and uh, I got turned around, and he said, all right, come towards us, he goes, now you got to turn back into the wind, so uh, get turning, start turning some more, you know, and uh, I was able to land it and land on my feet, which is good, because if I think I said before I wasn't really landing on my feet in the first couple of tries, but uh, but now I'm landing on my feet pretty regular and um, it, it, and quite frankly it was something that would we were going to test, you know maybe in flight sure, twenty. Sure, you just decided to do it uh, now. on on right, purpose. Right. Yeah, on purpose. But I'll be honest with you, the training that I had been going through and uh, um, the stuff that he'd been telling me. Uh, it just came into my head. Oh, I got a motor out. I guess I got to go back right. to the landing field. I'm going to land this thing. Now he said something very smart, but uh, it didn't help me because it was after the fact. Is that it could have restarted the motor? I just was going to ask that. Like if you can I just, really can you just to... hit a button and restart it. Yeah, uh, I could have. Yeah, I could have yeah. restarted it. But but I was really wanting to focus on landing it in case, like you know, like that was like for the time I've had experience wise. It's it just didn't feel like it was a necessary thing right. for me to do. Like. I was in a good spot. I could land it, so I just wanted to focus on. So uh, there is a video of it, right? You sent us a video. I'm not really sure who was taking the video. Just the yeah, landing, just the landing yeah. Just the landing of it. But yeah. Jay and I were talking about it yeah. after we saw the video, and we were really, we were really okay. trying to figure out how to get the video of, of the parachute coming down. And then right when you touched down, we wanted to see this big <laughs> explosion, you know, and the lady <laughs> oh, screaming. That, you do like a uh-huh, Photoshop yeah, yeah, of yeah. it or so something. So we swap it out and go, hey. Wow. Uh, that, <laughs> Did you survive great. this that'd big fireball? Anyway, we're so yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, once again, I, you, that would be that would go viral yes, in no would. time. 
Well, man survives explosion <laughs> and landing. Podcast. Well, when you you know once again, Mike, you you kind of said, "Hey, did you see my video?" You know, I you know I had I had a you know control cr- not a crash, but you know you yeah, just said, incident. "Hey, I had my motor my a motor know, out my motor out motor landing out. blah yeah. blah blah blah," and just kind of left it. And then I was like, "Real no, real? I haven't seen that video." So I dug and went and saw the video, <laughs> and and once again, I was kind of like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" You know, was he over a cliff? Was right. he over the trees? You know, just barely cleared the trees, and then you know once again the field that you fly at. I mean, there's like nothing around for thousands of miles. I know. It looks like there's a football nothing, field, right? Just, uh, there's just nothing. It's just like, a big grass mold. No, and I'm like, bigger than so that. I looked at that it's and I went, okay, so there's no tree. He didn't miss any trees or fall <laughs> into did. a, a sticker like bush or, you know, between, thorns. Right. So so my imagination was getting away with me. You know, after you told me this, I, I'm like, yeah. I went to rush to go see it. The second thing was, I guess I, after being in the Air Force and, you know, I, all the accidents and stuff that I've seen and whatever – you know, I, I guess the worst comes to mind. So when I when I saw your your whole video, I went, oh, well, once again, kind of yeah. anticlimactic. It was anticlimactic. to me, I just saw a guy in a parachute landing safely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> is kinda... always a good thing. I'm like, so what was the problem? <laughs> right. You know, his his craft is literally a parachute. <laughs> whenever, the par- whenever the motor stops working, it comes, it goes from aircraft to parachute. Right. What? That's the best thing ever. <laughs> so I just see you kind of gently flowing down and, boop, you know, standing on your feet, you know, boop, on your feet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. Hence the biggest right, Just start the motor we and just go flying again. Put in there. So, well, we're glad you're okay. And it's a good learning experience. So, yeah, me too. Uh, and then after all it that was. excitement was, was over, good. you came home and you got back to painting, right? Uh, actually, uh, after that excitement over, I had another flight. Good on you. Uh, and that, one, that one went. That one well, went good. excellent. See, so. uh, I had a little trouble get, getting the wing in the air, but uh, yeah, that one went well, excellent. Good, good. Well, um, yeah, so, but I, but I have been doing some more painting. Um, I, uh, now I'm doing a twin jet. I think I've been talking about that. And I decided to paint the engines. Um, and so I taped them up, and I probably spent, geez, I probably spent an hour because I'm new mm-hmm. at this. Taping, taping so, always uh, takes I, you yeah, longer taping than Taping does painting. take a long time. Oh, oh, of course, and I expected that. So I was just sitting in front of the TV, you know, just taping yeah, it up yeah, and uh, trying to cover things up as best I could. And then uh, I went out to paint. Now, this, the first thing I did, I think we put pictures out on the page, but uh, was really not very much. I mean, really, for a first painting, it was like really hard to mess mm-hmm. up. And so, but this one was a little bit more surface area, and more. I had to have more paint available because I wasn't sure if, when I'd run out. And the first one, I like, had extra paint, and I threw it away because I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to keep it or whatever. So, um, but this I had to make up more paint and do different things. In fact, I made paint up in the middle of it. So it was a different experience because I really wasn't as ready as I would have liked sure. to have been. Um, and I guess I could make, get a jar and pre-make some paint to use and then just pour it out of that jar every once in a while, but that's not how I did it. Um, but aside from that, I started praying, and then at one point I made a spider web. Yeah, what's spider called webs. <clears throat> spider mm-hmm. web, and then um, and then another part of it, the tape came loose, and so there was a little bit of overspray on on part of that, or, or underspray, uh, foam, I guess, if it which, goes under the tape, right? Yeah, yeah, it got under yeah. the taping. Overspray area, would right? be over the and tape, and underspray would be under the tape. <laughs> okay, and so um, th- in this case, I think it's in a spot where you won't, won't right. see it because it's the part that's down on mm-hmm. the plane. But at the same time, I start then I started asking questions. Well, what do you right. do when that happens, right. and how do you fix it? And so that's what I'd ask you right now, Mike, is you know what are the good choices at this point? Um, one of the things I saw was you could I could use uh, tape, uh, like uh, a packing mm-hmm. tape, and put it on mm-hmm. the paint and then pull it up, and people say that works. What up, so what the you are correct. The packing tape will actually, uh, because it has such a hard uh, adhesive on it, if you put it on there, the foam has a release agent if you didn't clean most of it off. And when you pull the paint, it's going to pull the whole paint right off. So for cleaning the airplane back up, you know, rather than taking turpentine and making a big mess, you can just take clear packing tape, rips the paint clean off the foam. Then you can kind of just start over. What I would suggest is uh, the reason spider spidering or spider webbing uh, happens is because you probably have air, uh, a little bit of water in the airline. And I think on the last podcast we mentioned that if you went to Harbor Freight and got those little, you know, apple looking, um, 
filters that it'll take some of the water out. Yeah. <clears throat> and that'll keep that yeah, from happening. water traps. Yeah, they're water traps. Uh, I'll be honest with you. In this case, in this case, I think I was too close. And that close could cause it too. If you're too close, yeah, then yes. what happens yeah. is that a lot of paint comes out because you pulled the, the airbrush, you know, too far back because it's a dual action. So you pulled it too ba- too far back. A lot of paint goes on, and then the air flow, you know, spreads it out. So it runs like, uh, yeah. you know, like it does uh, water on your windshield. It hits and the drop kind of spreads everywhere. Yeah, it okay. up and just yeah, rolls on. So now I got this spider web spot right? on my dry right. paint. So what I would do is I would take so some would uh, probably six hundred plus uh, sandpaper. So you know they sell sandpaper in numbers. So it's six hundred, eight hundred, thousand. Two thousand, uh-huh. whatever. Uh, it's going to be really, okay. really fine. Um, you can do a wet or dry. Dry just gets you know, kind of depending on the paint you're using. But uh, dry, you can just kind of sand it, and then just kind of sand over all of the little webbing look. Okay. So usually when that happens, it's a spot about the size of a quarter, or half dollar. Uh, it doesn't really yep. get very big. That's about right. And so you can just kind of sand a little bit on the foam. Uh, you know, kind of just making it smooth. Uh, and then wipe it off, and then just go back over it with your airbrush. Just this time, stay a little further away and mist the first couple of tries. So you don't want to just get real okay. close and just pull the trigger and just you know spray all the paint over there. Pull it away a little further. Mm-hmm. If you miss the paint on, um, then what will happen is that the little paint droplets will adhere, and then as you paint again, they'll kind of fill in. And it may require you to, okay. to spray it real lightly and then sand on it again and then spray real lightly again, and it'll cover it. Um, but that's... Oh, oh that way mm-hmm. it can... I, can, I see. Because what you're doing okay. is you're sanding the new right, paint well, you know, over the old one. You just sand the new paint. And remember, sure. droplets, uh, believe it or not, when paint comes out, it, it doesn't lay flat. It actually forms a little bead. If you were to look at it like under a microscope, there's little droplets. Yeah, I understand. So if yeah, you sure. sand the top part yeah, of it I, off, right, and then you put it on there again, it'll all kind of... They become right, flat. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, Great. but it looks really good. I mean, the pictures that I saw, it looks like you've uh, kind of tackled it and uh, the airbrush is getting easier. I think you said that the other day to one of us on the email or text or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, You're it, feeling more comfortable with it. Yep. I, I didn't, I didn't like the color that came out. Mm-hmm. You know, that the other problem is that you have to remember, or you, anybody who paints has to remember that when you have, you know, a color like right. red and then you're painting on white foam, it's going to be lighter than the color that you get. it's in the jar because there's that white correct. backing. It's going to change the that color a little bit. And so it was a little bit it was a little bit lighter than I would have wanted, but there wasn't a darker red I could have used anyway. So so do you have any black case, paint? Yeah, black. Do you have any black paint? Mm-hmm. Black paint? Uh, I guess I could have added some uh, dropper. Yeah, no, just no, a dropper. No, 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 no. Just a dropper or black paint. Just take and then, yeah. and then t- just take the the like a rattle can and just stand really far away and just haze put the lightest coat of black paint on your on your model and then paint over it. Oh, that's interesting. Because idea. now you're not painting over the white, you're painting over the black. So so that reminds me um I thought I saw an email and you guys tell me somebody uh Larry Larry Palmer. I don't yep, Larry Palmer. The last. Larry Palmer. He sure did. Asked about Something about rattle cans and, and getting the paint to stick? <laughs> he what? did, actually. Uh, he I, did. And uh, Larry Palmer is one of our listeners. And we'll give a big shout-out to him and appreciate him uh, reaching out to us. Uh, he basically said that you know he didn't feel like he was ready for the airbrush yet, but he enjoyed listening to your uh, uh, you know your antics as far as getting uh, onto the airbrush. But his question was is that he, uh, he can't get the rattle pan uh, – I'm sorry. He can't get the rattle can paint to stick to the foam. And so mm-hmm. he's asking us, uh, it sticks, or he can get it to stick, but as soon as I touch it at the field, it comes off on my fingertips. Uh, his big question is, is there something uh, that you do to prep the foam or to put a protective coating uh, to prevent this? Uh, it's very frustrating to him. Uh, so, Larry, thank you for the question, and we would love to answer that. Um, I, I would have to say it would be three things. Okay. So, like he was saying, prepping. Prepping the model. Correct. So once again, I always wipe wipe down my my planes with ninety uh, percent uh, isopropyl alcohol. That mm-hmm. that seems to get rid of uh, a majority of the releasing agent that's on the on the foam itself. Because when you do the injection injection molding foam uh, foam molding, uh, they spray the inside of the mold with this you know agent that releases it from the from it. And of course that sticks on the model. And you know everything seems fine 
until they may paint it or you go to paint it and that releasing agent's still there and it does what it says it does. It, it doesn't let anything stick to it. That's right. So it looks like it does until you rub it or you just, you know, apply some pressure on it. So <laughs> cleaning, cleaning the model off always helps with, with a little alcohol. The second thing is another way you can prep the surface because sometimes you just you don't always get all that stuff off or it's somewhere, you know, nooks and crannies. So I find that if you uh, spray a little of, um, oh, what do you call it stuff, uh, primer, uh, a little primer on, on the foam, uh, although it, it adds an extra step. And I, and I wouldn't have to say that you have to do it all the time. But adding by putting the primer on will help will ha- help your adhesion to whatever you're trying to paint. And then the third thing is you can always put um, a gloss or you can put, um, you know, a, a, not what's well, what do they call that stuff? It's not a it's not a it's a clear coat. A clear coat. Thank you. Man, I'm getting old, getting over fifty. Man, it sucks. <laughs> but uh, a little bit of a clear coat on the on the aircraft helps tremendously. Uh, you know, protecting it, making it look nice, as well as keeping p- fingerprint smudges and all sorts of things off of there. And it stops it from, if you, you know, once again, that releasing agent from uh, alcohol, from the primer didn't work. The the clear coat on top of it will stop it from coming off as well. So those are about the, the three things that I could think of that I, I would like to use. Or I like to use, yeah. So, so, look, so looks doesn't matter. No. I mean, you know... Once again, for all no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, my looks, my looks don't matter when I'm uh, doing a rattle can. It's not why it's not sticking. <laughs> no, no, you, you're not scaring ugly. the paint off the uh, oh. off the model, Mike. So you don't have to worry it's, about that. Right. Oh, okay. But all but right. the big thing I'm with glad. all of this I for I know worried. a lot of people get intimidated. You know, uh, just like Larry was saying that you know he he just does a rattle can and he's a little intimidated about maybe you know getting a uh, moving to uh, an airbrush. It really doesn't matter because the principles are all the same no matter what method you use. But the big thing is is just getting out and doing it, right? Right. Because, you know, for Mike, you, your biggest thing was, well, you know, I've heard of this stuff, but I haven't actually tried it. And then finally, you know, we <laughs> we gave you all the tools you needed to try it, and then you tried it. And, oh, lo and behold, you made a few mistakes, but it wasn't that terrible. It, now it's just the techniques and the, the learning that kind of comes along with it. And, and like I said, by doing it... it you know, a couple of times. The second time is not nearly as scary as the first time. And we're, and we're more than willing to help you after the fact, right? You've mentioned that several times before. <laughs> yeah, after the fact. Yeah, so exactly. rather than give well, you all the tools ahead that, of time, we for, want you to. Thanks for saying Right. But but if you have really good friends like I do, then it's just free. I mean, you don't you don't have to even invest that's right. any we money just in give it. You all so that's stuff. really nice. Uh, so the, the release free, agent yeah. that Jay is talking about is called PVA, and um, it's basically water-soluble. And I know Jay mentioned that uh, he can use alcohol. Uh, I do have some, I think mine's 97% or whatever. But you can actually take a, a washcloth or one of those um, Scotch-Brite um, sponges. You know, it has the, like the green on one side and the yellow on the other. Uh, they sell different types of those sponges, and some of them are more aggressive than others. But if you just took water, alcohol, or whatever, you know, mode that you have and just kind of rub that on there, uh, it'll take most of the PVA off. Uh, the alcohol basically will, you know, definitely the reason people use that is because it doesn't eat into the foam and it evaporates. Where if you had water, you know, water kind of dries and sometimes it'll be wet on the foam. Uh, but but either one of them. So work. like if you don't have any of that, you could, if you don't have any of that, you could just use some. <laughs> <or> <laughs> yeah, you whatever. could just pour your, <laughs> pour your vodka oh. all over <laughs> Uh, Why are you licking my plate? Right. Anyway, uh, it's a family show. I was going to say the only the only thing I don't, the reason I don't like to use water though you know like I live here in Texas right. so it's a hard if, water. If I use tap water mm-hmm. on a plane, then it, you will see a film right. on the on the aircraft right. afterwards from all the mineral d- deposits. And and you'll be able to pick it up with That's a magnet. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Up where you exactly. live, magnet, not so much down here. So the uh, and and you know to back Jay up. That's the other thing too. I I normally try to do some sort of a sanding you know once again if i've got some 800 grit sandpaper it's a wet dry sandpaper for like automobiles uh if you just run that over the you know the foam it'll take that layer off and depending on the type of foam you can do it on depron or you can do it on uh the elapor foam that like we had with the fun racer the primer stuff works really well if your surface is clean but if your surface st- is still isn't clean, the primer can come off as well. 
But if I did the primer, I wouldn't soak the airplane in primer. I would do a very light dusting. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Just yeah. so light. That, and that's the problem that people, um, they right. really kind of go I mean, over. Really, aren't you just making like a rough mm-hmm. surface yeah. in a way? That's exactly by what doing you're doing. It that way. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, yeah. when people get to paint, I see it all the time, but guys will, you know, even on the rattle can, uh, you know, Larry was mentioned that he, that's what he uses, but people will sit there and they'll shake the rattle can and then they'll get real close to the model and go, you know, and try to spray it. Well, unfortunately you're dumping a whole bunch of paint at a very high speed and you're going to get the same problem that you had. You're going to get spidering. You're going to get, um, you know, runs in the paint, overspray, underspray. Yeah. When I did that, when I, when I did it to my 163, uh, I used to rattle Mm -hmm. cam for that. And uh, I got drips right. more than I got anything. And that's just because you're holding it in one space paint. and yeah. you're, you're letting too much paint. Yeah. Yeah. So back away, I mean, you're, really, honestly, if you backed six inches, almost a foot away from it, and you sprayed once or twice over it, you would be really surprised how much paint will actually make it to the the product, right? I mean, there is some that dissipate, dissipates in the air, but a lot of that's propellant. And you want the, the paint is, is heavier than the propellant, and so it'll stick to it. And um, and then, you know, once again, Jay mentioned the, the clear coat. It comes in three flavors, basically, right? A high-gloss, semi-gloss, a flat, or matte. Uh, so depending on what you're using, if um, in our case, Mike, with the fundraisers, we used a very high-gloss. And you just spray it over the paint. And, and that was after, that was after, that is correct. Right? You're talking Once about, the yeah, aircraft's right. all painted yeah. and dried, you take the gloss paint, and it's an enamel gloss because now it has something to it you know, adhere to, um, I think you can buy the one that, the one that I had in there was, um, a Rust-Oleum brand. I think it was the two times coverage. And you did that in your, in your airbrush no. too, Mike? I nope. don't remember. I just did it with a rattle can. Yeah. You did, you did it with a rattle can. Yep. rattle can. And I also did it on the L39 with a rattle can. I just walk out there and psh, 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 spray it over it. Uh, once again, be very, very careful and be very light. The light coatings will work better than just dark coatings. I mean, when Mike was here, I think one of the things he mentioned uh, that we might have said in other podcasts is that, wow, this takes a long time. And it really does. A good paint job is not done in one hour. I mean, you know, uh, um, there are guys that do that, but it's not, it's not the, what the professionals do, right? If you took your car in to get painted and there were five, five coats of, you know, five different types of paint, it would literally take them three days to paint the car. Because they tape it, paint so it. So I guess I'll have to spend a few more uh, few more minutes on my plane. Well, then. it just depends on how you want it to look. You know, if you're going for the, um, you know, really expensive paint job, you want it to look custom, that's fine. If you want it to look like Jay's Bumblebee airplane, you just, you know, use the whole rattle can five minutes and you're off and running. So, um, you know, for him, he didn't really care. He just wanted a bright color that he could see and, you know, get it out there. He wasn't trying to win any awards with it. Um, where, you know, we have guys, I actually won awards with my models, the paint and everything. So hence the reason for the airbrush, cause you can get more detailed with the airbrush. Otherwise the rattle can will work just fine. So don't, don't think that you have to get rid of the rattle can for the airbrush. Uh, at Larry, if you're, you know, using rattle cans, keep using them. They're fine. Uh, it's yeah, when they're perfectly, yeah, fine. they're perfectly easy to do. They're, they're cheap, you know, about a five, five or six bucks for the can and, you know, just, just be cautious and, and spray a little further distance away and then spray a clear coat on it. And that way, if you touch it, it's not going to come off. It won't come off in your fingers. Mike, you were talking about Rust-Oleum uh, paint. And the thing about with the rattle cans now, I know they have a brand of Rust-Oleum that is for specifically formulated for foam. And it has, uh, it has a uh, primer built into it. That is correct. And it only takes one or two, maybe three coats you know, to coat things really nice. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I say stick with the rattle cans because you know now they're they're coming out with specific paints for our models or our planes right, that, that right. work very well. So yeah, and they're and they're coming out. You know, like my fundraiser has that switching color tail that was out of a rattle. Yeah. That was a rattle can. So I mean, you yeah, know, it wasn't yeah, like I, exactly. I had to get you know two mixing paint. I just bought the whole the whole color change in one can. You just have to shake it. Uh, the other thing too is is that I'm not sure Larry didn't say where he was. Uh, in the U.S., but um, you you don't want to paint in cold weather, real cold weather, because the paint doesn't dry and it kind of yeah, clumps. that was a problem in Alaska. Um, yeah, so you have to kind of uh, the ideal painting, you know, is probably in that seventy-five to eighty-five, you know, range. It's it's difficult for us because the paint dries literally before it hits the, uh, you know, the media. 
I painted something for Spencer. <laughs> and, you know, it's 150 degrees outside, and I painted his canopy. And I looked at it, and I thought, gosh, this thing looks like felt. It looks really cool. We walked over there and ran our finger across it, and the whole thing came off as dust because the paint was was literally drying before it actually touched the, the I think it was an inside canopy. So it just covered it in this little fuzz. And they were just little balls of paint. And just you could blow it off with the air compressor. It was crazy. So And yeah. you, you can do that, that too and, uh, if, you, if you over-thin it. Now, if you're using a rattle right. can, you're not thinning it. But Mike was talking about putting it, you know, if, if your paint's really thick and you're adding a thinning agent to it, if you put too much thinning agent, it will actually degrade the paint molecules to where it, it dries before it hits your project. So you got to be careful with that. So, so that's something I, I worked out pretty well for me. I, um, I had a couple of plastic water bottles laying around, and um, and the bottom of the bottle has three sections mm-hmm, to right. it. Um, and uh, so what I had read online was you do about two thirds thinning to one thir- one third paint. Well, so all I did was fill up the two thirds with my thinning agent until it started to spill into the middle, and then I put the paint in that's afterwards very, until it started to spill go. over. Under, and you know it was, it was a great way to mix it, and it's consistent in terms of getting the same consistency every time I do it. So I was really excited about that idea, and it works oh, good for see, me. I didn't know that. In that That's sense. cool. And then, uh, and then if you cut the edge of the the water, you know, so I cut the bottom out, right? But if you cut the edge of it, it puts a little hole there, so that when you pour it, it doesn't it doesn't have a tension as it goes over the edge. It goes through the crack that you made by making a cut in it. And then that way it goes into the jar and not all over the place because I started to do that. I was like, oh, whoa, right. whoa, whoa. I got I to gotta do something about that. And so, yeah, you can bend the bend the plastic, but if you cut it, it just makes it that sure. much easier to pour it. So, that's, Or, that's or if you want to walk out there in my shop, you can uh, grab a bunch of uh, little cups that are marked in milliliters, and then you can make it exact. Because <laughs> I buy them by the – I buy them yeah, in a big container. They're little pill um, – and see, there's where you go wrong, Mike. You bought those. I drank uh-huh. the water and then right. used it. Right. So there you go. And you know what? If you like, didn't get all of like the I'm water out of there, that would, that would be why your, your paint was spidery. <laughs> Trust me, the water was gone. The that's what you think. The water was gone. Oh, man, busting on this guy. I know, right? Oh, I know. But so. that's actually, that's a great tip. Uh, we appreciate that as well. So, Larry, thank you for uh, sending us... Uh, that hopefully that answers your question feel free to ask us anything you'd like i hope that helps you with your uh, paint jobs um let us know send us an email yeah, and, tell let, us and, if put, it, and put uh, your results on the uh, on the on the yeah, facebook page definitely as well. um yeah post a photo of what you're painting and uh, and let us know um wow what else uh we had something else uh well uh i got a new plane that's right you did get a new plane and it was already painted well, I don't know if you can call it paint. Uh, it, it's just it was black EPP. So okay, well it was. <laughs> you know, usually you know EPP for us comes in white, right. and you know that's it. So, but actually, it's kind of cool. It's black EPP. I don't know how it's going to do in the Texas sun, though. That's the one thing I'm kind of. It'll get hot. You know, coming from Alaska, you know, colors of planes and you know having your plane sit out in the sun was never an issue up there. True, and I've just noticed a couple. You know, luckily I brought out a blanket to kind of throw over some of my planes, or I take out my sun shield and you know put all the planes underneath it because man, they the last time I went out with Jim, uh, it just heated up something fierce. Right, right. Uh, you know, and some of the planes got a little blistering on them and stuff. So yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, I got a. It's called an AR Mini. It's a FPV racing wing. Um. It's the little brother to the bigger AR wing uh, by Sonic Models, and they're the guys who make uh, AZ, uh, Air, uh, AK Mike's uh, Nano Talon and my uh, H uh, my Orbit right, yeah, Zord Z O Z O H D Zord uh, Orbit uh, wing. So uh, it's made by the same guys. <clears throat> it's very cool. Uh, you get a box. It looks like a shoe box, quite literally. Um, you open it up, shake the parts out, and quite literally, you could be done in five minutes. Uh, the things that I really like about this plane, you know, usually, you know, when a, they pre-mount servos, it's kind of a weird thing where you have to go, uh, as you try to figure out what's going on with them, you know, you have to take the servo arm off or put it on, get it centered. Well, this one actually came pre-assembled, already attached to the uh, 
Elevons, they were already centered. And that's like the first time I've ever seen that on a model that I, I actually hooked up my receiver, you know, turned it on and I didn't have to mechanically move them at all. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, they, the, they give them good thought how to, you know, put this plane together, together. Everything's pre-molded in the sense that, uh, the wings, which glue onto the body, um, they actually have an indentation on the body and then the wing, um, profile is extended out. So, you know, they basically slip into each other and just like I said, a little bit of glue and I, I glued everything together with quick grip, um, glued it all together, put in a, uh, put in a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, a rod. Uh, and that was it. And each wing had, um, uh, had carbon in it. So the elevons all had carbon in it. The wing had two other like, uh, straight carbon pieces, um, that gave you the stiffness and yeah, it was, it's, it's quick. It's easy. It went together well. And from everything that I've read, it's supposed to fly really well. So well, you'll have to give us an update. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. Yeah, me too. I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing what happens. Well, you know, you mentioned leaving your stuff out in the heat. Maybe we should yep. tell. Maybe we should tell Philip to leave his uh, me out in the heat to. Ch- oh yeah. That's, <laughs> speaking his, of, uh, as we're talking about putting things together, he right. uh, he's been having some issues, right? He had a little crash. Well, he did. He crashed uh, one of his. He's uh, Philip's another uh, listener. We've had him on before, and uh, he's up in Wisconsin, I think. And he crashed one of his warbirds. I was talking about throwing it away, and I mentioned on one of the podcasts that he should fix it. And we just got an email from him as well, it's, or a Facebook post, I guess, that you know basically said, with a little Gorilla Glue and about three hours worth of work, voila, it was back together. Except yeah, the motor well, mount. He, he'd never used Gorilla Glue before, before that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he had or not, but uh, maybe he hadn't used it to fix it. But that, you know, that's a go-to for me. I mean, I, that's pretty much my favorite. Yeah, glue. yeah, yeah, most, most definitely. But he was Have talking about the motor used, mount, uh, the new one. Yeah, the clear. Have you used the clear yet? I have used the clear, but uh, they have a clear non-foaming one now. I'm not really thrilled yeah, about it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking it. about. Yeah, I use some. I'm not real thrilled about it. But Okay, good, because I, I, I had a problem the other day. I had a uh, tube of, um, you know, it was like three-quarters of the way done, and it the rest of it kind of cooked off or just got hard, so I threw it away, and I had to get some more. So I was at uh, Home Depot the other day. They didn't have any. They, they had no white Gorilla Glue. And I was like, what the heck? And I thought they were just out, but they didn't. They had the old style, the yellow one, and then that takes 24 hours to set. And then they had that the new clear. And I go, well, I'll just go. I had to go pick my wife up over at Target. I was like, I'll just pick it up over at Target. Nope. They had the, the older, the old style, 24-hour stuff, and the this new clear one. Right. And I was like, did they stop, discontinue it? And I had to go to um, Walmart. Right, and I finally was right. able to find it in Walmart. Or if they have it, it's in this little itty bitty like na- it looks like nail polish right. container. Right. <laughs> you know, like a barely enough for like two or three little drops, and that's all they have. Right. And they want three or four dollars for that. And I was like, no way. Well, I was the, able to get a four you know, I um, at Walmart. I used some of it, and uh, I think I did some testing. I mentioned I sent out to you guys, and I put some white, you know, foam on there. The one that's foaming, and I put the other one that was clear. Uh, I like the fact that it's clear. It does dry clear, which is amazing. Uh, if you're going to use it on the outside of your airplane, you know, you could paint it or do whatever. But um, the foam stuff I'm so used to working with that when I let it foam up and then I push it down, you know, so it kind of fills in all the cracks. This right. stuff doesn't really foam. So it doesn't, like, fill no, doesn't. in all the it cracks. Doesn't foam at all. But if you're, yeah. if you're putting two flat pieces together or I think I mentioned before uh, Ernie was building a big Dalton um, – you know, iMac airplane, and he waters it down a little bit and then paints the actual balsa wood so that the balsa wood oh. has a strength to it. And uh, it doesn't, you get very little weight for what he does. You know, he just paints real light coat on it. Uh, this is, this stuff is excellent for that. So, gotcha. But no, I, I have all three now. I mean, you know, uh, oh, and I got, uh, I got one of these as well. I know the listeners can't see it, but this is a little thing of foam tack for my bag. Check that out. Wait, so is that like the regular foam this tack? This is the, the Beacons actual foam? Beacons foam tack. They just sold it in a oh. little, uh, it looks a little bit like the um, CA glue. CA glue, like. yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, I always carried the big one around and I had to squeeze it out. And this one has a little bitty pin um, um, nozzle. nozzle where you can just kind of run it in there. But uh, it came in a six pack. So I got six of these and um, 
They work oh, fantastic. Oh, where'd you get it? Uh, I believe <laughs> I got it at Motion RC. Oh, okay. I've never, so, I've never seen that. I've never seen I had neither, and I, I ordered it because I, I had some parts coming, you know, for one of my jets or props or something. And uh, so I, I threw that in my cart to round up to the nearest, you know, next dollar to get whatever shipping cha- change it was. Right. Well, that's AK Mike's, you know, he that's what he swears by is, is uh, the Beacons. Yeah, I, uh, I love Beacons contact. Blue, too. It works really well. Um, you know, it's a contact cement, so you can just use it right out of the field, put it together. But... Um, yeah, I just bought a bottle of that foam tack, not yeah. the Faber tack, which right. I also foam tack is much better. But the foam tack is actually, I think it's better. It is better. Uh, well, for it's foam. for foam. The yeah. Faber tack stuff is for fabric, and it won't stick to foam. Your foam will literally come foam. apart. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't stick as hard. That's it, you know, it won't stick. It. I can attest to that because of the A10 uh, bus. <laughs> it came apart with the foam tack. It happened. It happened. Uh, this fabric. It if did. you if it was made out of fabric, it would have stayed together fine. But out of foam, so. I meant to put felt on it, but I just right, didn't do it. Right. So. so the big question for Philip is uh, now he's struggling with this nose cone. You know, the angle of his motor mount is not correct, and I didn't. Okay. He didn't. He didn't. He needs to give us a picture, uh, Philip. If you're listening, you know, show us a picture of the uh, motor mount because if the motor mount is wooden, right? If it's a wooden piece, it's actually got the correct. Usually, they build the correct. Um, Angle angles angle. in the in that particular wood, the way they glue the wood together. But the, it sounds like the foam has gotten crushed on the bottom end. So I will tell you that when you're flying, after your airplane's been crashed, it will never fly as straight as an arrow as it did when you pulled it out of the box. Unfortunately, fixing the, you know, all of the little stuff, it's still going to fly a little bit. Wonky, different, well, different than what you did. Wonky, at, you know, wonky, whatever you want to call it. But I think it improves your flight abilities. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure does. So I, I would challenge uh, Philip to go ahead and uh, look in there and either remove the wood and rebuild the foam, or try to figure out. He said he was going to. I think it's an EPO foam, and he can stick it in boiling water and try to get it to you know kind of move around. Right. Uh, I have a hard time understanding if they actually put the motor mount on the foam. It might be inside the foam because, like, Multiplex does that. They actually have a motor mount, but they foam around it. It's got foam that's, you know, the, the actual right, wood piece right. is inside the foam. You don't really notice because you think you're just bolting it to foam. And sometimes you can't really stick the foam in the water. And so I, I found if you just boil it good enough and then pour it on there, it still works. Or or if well you have a tea nice, kettle, you can steam it. I've done that for Peter when he busted his airplane too. Oh, I mm-hmm. never thought about that. Yeah, idea. the steam is actually hotter than the boiling water. So if you really had a hard bend in it and you needed it to relax, you can actually steam it. And if you get it too close, you can burn it. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, it'll open that foam up and just put a hole right in it, you know, because the foam turns over there. How do you know that, Mike? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to admit anything. You say, just ask Peter. Yeah, just He'll ask tell Peter. I'll tell you. <laughs> one of your friends yeah, told it. you. I learned it, it from one yeah. of, I learned it from Jay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, bas- so basically, then he just he just uh, he did the repair in just uh, the wrong order. Then, right? So he he should have steamed it first, then went ahead and, and glued everything back together. Uh, yes, and that's a good idea. I mean, if you've crashed an airplane, I know Philip. Uh, we didn't really give him any guidance. I just told him to put some Gorilla Glue on it. But, <laughs> yeah, right. There, uh, there, there but there seems is to be a, a pattern. With there, us. Is, there is uh, a slight you know method to the madness, and and I will tell you that there's another st- there's some other stuff. Uh, that Spencer uses all the time, and it's um, and actually Jay and I use it as well. But it's uh, it's a patch. It's called a, a patch light, a light um, spackle. Spackling, but it, it's it's actually like a fixin' patch or something. If you go to Home Depot, yeah, you can see it there. But it's a lightweight yeah, yeah. spackling, and yep. believe it or not, you can cut the foam. So if you had a foam that was really mangled and you couldn't straighten it out, you can actually cut it. Use some blue core or or some other type of foam. Cut a little square to stick back in there, and then use the foam tack. I'm not foam tack. I'm sorry. To use the spackling to fill in any of the holes around it. Sand it a little bit. Spray some paint on there, and you're back in business. So right. It's just like uh, what do they use for cars? What do they call that stuff? Bondo. Bondo. It's kind of like Bondo. Yeah. Just but it's super super lightweight. If, when you go to pick up the container, you're like, "What is this air?" Right, it is. And but it but it it's like a nice miracle working on. Like you said, you have a dent, 
you have right. uh, a space that's kind of jagged and you just fill it up with, you know, whatever you have, like you said, foam or whatever, fill in the best you can. And then you just take that spackle and just even out the surface, uh, well, put it on, you know, get it all on. And then it's the same thing, kind of like spray painting. Don't try to fill a hole right. in one go. You put a little bit of spackle in there, let it dry. And it only takes like 10, 15 minutes for the stuff to dry, set up. Let it set up, then go ahead and put just a little bit more spackle in there, fill up the hole again. And, you know, you might take it two or three times. And then, then you can go ahead and smooth it all out, let it dry, then sand it. And you, you won't even be able to tell after you paint that there was ever a hole or a, or anything there. So Right, and it depends on the hole. I mean, you, if you once. have a Grand Canyon of a hole, then you need to grab um, Home Depot. If you go over to Home Depot, Home Depot sells, I think they call it Fomalair. Fomalair? Anyway, um, you can find it, and it's probably at the end of one of the insulation aisles. Um, a lot of times they have it on an end cap or just sitting in there. But it is literally a two-foot by two-foot square of pink foam. It's got pink foam, yeah. Pink it panther on it. It costs about five, or six, five or six bucks. Yeah, it's four ninety nine or five ninety nine, something like that. And it is fantastic. Uh, now, I will tell you that if you're cutting it with your knife, you're going to go through about five or six blades because that stuff is fiberglass. And when you cut through it, it just dulls the blade like you wouldn't believe. So get yourself, uh, you know, some of those disposable razor knives and then just, you know, cut out a section. So if you have a, let's say, you know, you have a, a pretty sizable hole in the wing or whatever, go ahead and trim the foam around the wing. That's where the hole is. And then cut this pink foam out and set it in the hole, glue it into the hole and then cut it to match the wing. Then use the spackling. That way you're not filling a hole full of spackling. Cause if you fill the hole full of spackling, it's going to dry and it'll shrink. And then you put another side, it'll dry and shrink, dry and shrink. It, it creates like a core and the core can actually fall out. So you don't want to just leave the spackling. You want the spackling to cover all the dents and the little lines and holes and everything. So you want to use that. So, you know, don't be afraid. Smear that stuff on there. It's water-soluble. If you if you screwed it all up, you can literally just take it and wipe it off with water. I mean, you can thin it yep. down. It'll go, you know, in a bunch of different places. But uh, the, you know, the if you're gluing big pieces together then, you know, the the Gorilla Glue works really well. If you're, you know, repairing big holes, I mean, literally Spencer, the other day when I was at his house, his little uh, Viper jet that he bounced off the ground uh, was in multiple pieces. I mean, little chunks of pieces. And uh, if you saw that thing today, you'd think it, you know, they don't make it anymore. It was a Taft, I think a Taft Hobbies or something. And, yeah. and they don't make any parts for it anymore. So he just redid the whole thing. I looked at it. I was like, holy smokes, you know, good job. <laughs> Because it looks just like the thing came out of a box, you know, come out of the box. All, all of the holes and the tears and all that stuff are all repaired. You would never even know it's been crashed. And like, except it needs a paint job. You kind of see that it, you know, needs paint. But uh, he's trying to decide what kind of paint to put on it. You know, just paint paint scheme because it was green and checkerboard and now he's going to change it up. So, but yeah, give it yep, a yep. try and, you know, don't be shy. Yeah, a lot of people get scared of working with foam, and I, I don't know why, because it's such a malleable substance. Mm -hmm. And if you mess up, just cut another piece of foam and jam it in there and put it back in. <laughs> I know, you right? can fix whatever it was that you messed up. Right. And and like I said, a lot of people get intimidated. Like you said, they have there's holes in the aircraft. And once again, they go, well, it's kind of a jagged hole. It does this, and it's like you were saying, well, just cut out a one-by-one. One, you know, let's say it's just a little small hole. Well, cut out a get out your ruler and measure it out one by one by one by one and make a perfectly one by one by one square and cut around the hole or right. whatever's damaged the jagged part then go over to then go over to your foam and measure out one by one by one and jam that into the into the other and now you fix that what was messed up because you just cut a bigger square to go over whatever that jagged hole or rip or whatever's there and that's all it takes cut out a cut out a square cut out a rectangle jam it in there and then Put some spackle on and, and off you go. It's it's now it's I, really easy. I'm going to add to that because in Jay's instance, all that works really great if it's on a flat surface. But what if it's on the leading edge of your wing? Same thing. I would just cut out a bigger in that instance. Let's say let's say it, it cut out a uh, you, you let's say you damage the leading edge. Right, you have a good right. old dent, and in, I got a big chunk edge. out of it. That's both the top yeah. and the so, bottom. So let's just say you go over to that pink foam. And you'd cut out a, a two-inch, let's say it's it's an inch long is the damage. Right. So I'd cut out an, an inch and a half, uh, you know, or two-inch, you know, cut out a two-inch chunk. So now it's a nice square, you know, 
where where the uh, where the damage was. Right. So you've cut the damage and out of the leading edge of the wing. I'd cut it out, and then I'd walk over to the uh, that the, that two by two you know pink block that you have, and cut out a you know two inch rectangular block. And of course, it's that stuff's two inches high. And let's say your the thing you're working on is only an inch. Doesn't matter. Cut out the two inch. You know, cut it out. Stick it in there, and then you'll have, like you said, a half inch on either either end. Get a long, you know, razor blade, and you can kind of follow the profile and just slowly cut it out or shave it down, and then get out, you know, get out your sandpaper, and you'll have the you'll have the profile, and it'll look exact. Throw on some spackle, sand it, and you're good to go. And throw on some paint. Well, and and you won't even know. It's there. I feel like the noise is required when you're doing it. <laughs> I know, right? Well. It, you kind of have you know, to. You kind of have to. Actually, at, yeah. if you were at Jay's house, you could probably find a lot of this stuff because he's got some sparkling chompers that you can't see on radio. But uh, right. if, believe it or not, dental floss. Grab some dental yeah. floss. You know, cut a, about a um, you know six inches off of it. Wrap it around your fingers, and then just pull it zigzag like a saw through your foam, and it will fit right over the curvature of the leading edge and cut right through that foam. It's amazing. Yep. It's amazing. That sounds like a really good idea. The knife, we're not, you know, the knife has a lot. The one that uh, Jay uses are the Exacto, oh, not the Exacto, but the um, box cutter. Yeah, they extend out so the blade's like you know, they're real four thin. inches they're and they're real, real thin, thin and they bend over. So he pushes one and then just kind of, you know, shaves it down. But then the shaving gets kind of, you know, blocky and then he's good at sanding. You took the, you know, it's just another way to do it. You can do it that way or do it with a dental floss. Dental floss is amazing. Yeah. You know, you can just pull it through, and it'll cut right through the foam like it's nothing. The the main point, folks, is that the wax kind or the uh, <laughs> well, flavor? Yeah, it has to be minty. It won't cut. It won't <laughs> cut foam. Minty, minty foam. is the only one that cuts through it. Right. No, but the point is, folks, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Sure. And not to say that my method is the perfect method, or or, or mine either. Or the, the floss method is the best method. It may be a combination of both. Just get out and try them, and and there may be you may be adept at one one more than the other. Uh, it's kind of like Mike, you know, gluing himself with CA all the time. You know, yeah, I'm <laughs> really just, good at it, by the way. You know, <laughs> he's really good at it. But uh, that's one of the things I like about hanging around Mike because he's always saying okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has my that. my my index finger and my thumb are are basically glued together that's right. all the time. Uh, glued together. I was really saying yeah, that was really funny, good. but I don't think anybody can see what you're doing. But uh, no, they yeah. can't. Glue, and actually, glue, believe it or not, you together. can't see it. But uh, if I showed you the two ends of my fingers today, you can see the little uh, white blister marks from soldering. I uh, was soldering. I just want to say I think our listeners have imagination. <laughs> they don't they need, don't to, need see to see it. <laughs> they don't want to see it. Uh, we all have faces for radio. Oh my gosh! So. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, our hour is up. Holy smokes, man. This went by super fast. It? Yeah, it's already gone. Oh, man. I know, right? All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're over now. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate Larry uh, for sending us an email. Hopefully, we gave him some good uh, pointers. Make sure you uh, touch base with us and let us know. Uh, if you are listening, go on to our Park Flyer podcast listeners group on Facebook. Post your pictures and your stories. Uh, we love hearing about those. Uh, we need to be a little bit better at answering some of the uh <laughs> the comments though i i've been working and, and training and so we got to get on there and, and uh, make it a little bit better but yeah tell your friends about us if you're in a club uh mike you can give a shout out to your guys over there to join the podcast and uh, tell them that we appreciate sure them. will um yeah if you have any ideas or any questions we are always open to helping and discussing like jay said we're not always the the easiest or best way to do it i'm sure there's a hundred different ways um, my entrance into the turbine world has introduced me to some master builders, and I have learned quite a bit uh, just hanging out with some of these guys. So uh, I'm always willing to pass along any information I know. I know Jay does that as well. Uh, we are a plethora of useless knowledge, and we are w more willing. <laughs> I hoard mine. More willing to share it. Uh, Mike, on the other hand, is a techno techno geek and uh, is right down to the engineering portion where this is exactly how I have to do it. So. Both sides of those coin work really well, and we appreciate it. <laughs> well, we are headed out. Uh, any flying this week, guys? Uh, if it gets below uh, 98, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been windy and, and, uh, and yeah, hot well, both. I hear you. Well, so. if you're near a good area, a war cool area of the United States or in the world, because we do have worldwide listeners in Canada and some people overseas, uh, get out and fly this week. And other, and other countries. 
uh, yeah, I think there's like 62 countries on our that, that our podcast has gone into, so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, but anyway, get out there and fly this week. I'm, uh, I think most of us are indoors repairing, but uh, we'll see if we can't get out and, and do some flying. My new uh, L39 project is coming along. I should have that done probably in another two weeks or so. So Can't wait to hear about that. That's exciting, exciting stuff. stuff so. You need to be stopped, that's all I can say. <laughs> hey, do you think you'll let me fly that uh, one no. too? <laughs> I did so well with the you EDF. You did really well with the EDF. I figured. You need to fly the EDF a couple more hours before you... Uh, it's got to be an easy step from electric EDFs to, oh, yeah. I mean, it, turbo uh, to turbine. I mean, it's got to be like oh, yeah, nothing, it's right? Step. It's no problem. Full speed okay. all the yeah. way. That's all I know. Left stick, full four. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, be <laughs> safe out there. Uh, congratulations uh, once again to Mike's Club and uh, for Michael here in Arizona. Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. Let's fly. We'll see you in two weeks. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah.